Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Talk Radio 77 WABC. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. Great pleasure to be with you. Let's get right to it. Our distinguished guest, Senator Kevin Kramer from North Dakota, a man of many, many views. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of views, and once in a while, one's right. I don't know. I don't know. I think you're on a roll. I want to ask you about, uh, I opened the show, and I talked about this last night on the TV, and I talked about it this morning on the radio. So you've got... Uh, Complete breakdown. Bidenomics is a complete mm-hmm. disaster. I mean, the numbers are coming in. The inflation rate continues. You had shocking inflation numbers. La- uh, last year, his first full year in office, uh, the economy grew by less than 1%. Spending is spiraling. Borrowing and debt spiraling. All mm-hmm. this stuff. But here's my question, Senator. I'm not hearing any of the Republican presidential candidates Talk about this, nor am I hearing them offering a new plan of growth and prosperity. It's, yeah. I don't get it. I mean, this is not we this election will not be about Ukraine, even though Ukraine is not unimportant. Don't get me wrong. It will not be about Ukraine. It will not be about sex. It will not be about gender. It will not be about <laughs> mental capabilities, even though I'm telling you it'll be about mm-hmm. growth and prosperity and jobs. And uh, real wages. That's what it always is about. And they're not saying anything, sir. You know, what's interesting about what you've just said, and and that's such an important, I think, lineup of issues that are important, but not the issue. And it it always harkens us back to Bill Clinton and James Carville, and it's the economy stupid, right? Yes, yes. Everybody in America that wakes up thinks about what they can do today. Are they going to be able to, first of all, do they have a job? Do their wages outpace inflation? Can they afford to buy what they need, or do they have to prioritize, which we all should be doing prioritizing, but that includes prioritizing what they need more than something else they need. And and, and this is what people think about because it gets to their security. It gets to economic security. It gets to their personal security. It gets to even personal safety. But right now, I think what you're experiencing and your frustration stems from what is often the case when you're the party out of power. So you're looking at this guy in the White House right now, and you see a hundred things he's doing wrong, and it's easy to be against them and try to exploit them. And a common enemy is the easiest way, politically or any other way, to, to rally you know people to some form of unity. 
But what's missing is the vision, Larry, and that's what you're speaking to. And I believe that the presidential candidate that steps up and presents not just the things that are going wrong, because there, there are plenty of them, but that's sort of the easy thing. But the vision and how do we get there? I, I was, you know, I've been doing a little bit of research because we've gone so off the rails in the last couple of years. You know, we have this. A few of us have this balanced budget amendment bill that that Cindy Hyde Smith came up with, and a, and, a, and a handful of us have joined her on. And it, it caps the spending at 18% of GDP. So here we are. You're talking about government spending at the beginning of of the the menu, and again, then the more important thing is the policies that are pro growth, you know, pro business, pro employer and employee that lift up the laborer as well as, as the as the the manager, and, and and growing our economy while at the same time reducing our spending. Well, this this bill, this amendment that we're proposing, caps spending at 18% GDP. Donald Trump, when you were when you were in the White House working with him on these things, presented a budget that was 16%. Mm. So, so we're talking about balance of budget amendment that caps at you know 18%. It's not like we're being stingy. We're just trying to institutionalize some discipline that prevents um, you know the, the the passions of of people to just spend on their their highest priority. We need guardrails, Larry, and I, th I think a balanced budget amendment. Yeah. Could you, be the guardrails that help us. You know what the uh, CBO baseline spending uh, rate is now? I'm frightened to think about Over it. Over twenty four percent of GDP. Yeah. Over. Right. Yeah. The fifty year average is slightly less than twenty. Biden has moved that thing over twenty four, and I'm not. Um, they're excluding the temporary COVID emergencies. Right, uh, right. This is the basics. I mean, it's in their, uh, it's in uh, their baseline that they put out last week. It's over twenty four percent of GDP. All right. I mean, that's incredible. Now it that's is incredible. And here's now here's another point. Okay, uh, we can talk about a constitutional amendment to balance the budget. We can talk about spending caps, which is very important. Right. But, very important. Uh, you know, and sequestration to enforce those caps. All that stuff. Mm. Very important. But here, here's the thing. You know what's not a budget policy? Just saying we, we will never yep. look at Social Security and Medicare. Yeah. Now, this I'm not saying Social Security and Medicare this cycle with the debt uh, ceiling. Right. No. Right. Right. I'm saying, but but take a look at the numbers. In 10 years, you've got a major problem. Actually, Medicare, less than 10 years. So, right. so come up with a commission, a bipartisan commission. I did that 40 years ago with Reagan. Mm -hmm. But I'm mm -hmm. just saying this is one of these things where just saying, don't you screaming, I won't cut Social Security and Medicare. That is not a policy. That is not a policy. What it is is it's caving to a, a radical left political machine that has used this argument against Republicans every time it gets uncomfortable for Democrats, right. every time their fiscal and economic situations. And by the way, it's just as big a lie when we fall for it. So this is why Mitt Romney, you know, there are lots of things that, that you know, conservatives don't like about Mitt Romney, but he's the person that has put up a plan mm. called the Trust Act, and I, I hope he's going to introduce it again this year. I, I was a co-sponsor before, mm. that, that takes the entitlement side of the, the mandatory side of the budget, which as you know, Larry, has grown to now being about eighty percent of the whole budget. That's 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 a cop up from Congress, mm -hmm. you know, to, to to do that and say, well, we'd like to do more, but you know, the, the mandatory budget's eighty percent and half of the discretionary is defense. It's the most legitimate thing we do. Okay, fine, but 
but it's a lie to tell people that we're not going to take care of or deal with Social Security and Medicare especially because if we don't do something, we are doing something. We're allowing them to go insolvent and kicking in automatic cuts of benefit cuts of 20, 18, 20, 25% and, and dealing with the issue now will be much less dramatic than dealing with the issue when you hit the cliff because that's what Democrats are headed for is a cliff when insolvency kicks in and, and that is blatantly irresponsible. And I'm not talking about cuts. Let's put it all on the table, Larry. Let's talk about, you know, the, the, the age limits, the, 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 the salary cap. So if you and I, a couple of conservatives are talking to our conservative friends and we say, you know, maybe the indexing isn't quite right. Maybe we could raise the, 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 the revenue picture a little bit by by lifting the cap or, or just raising the cap a little bit on the on the income that's that's taxed for Social Security. Right away, we're called tax raisers. If you go to the Democrats and say, what if we raise the age by one month a year for, yeah. for 10 years, um, starting in five years? That's so my so favorite all, one. All years, right? Isn't it, though? That's now, my the, favorite one. The left comes and says, well, now you're cutting benefits. Well, okay, but but <laughs> we're delaying benefits by a month for some people that are currently in their 50s. You know, we've, we've got we've to put America first. We've got to put our future first. We've got to put our children and grandchildren, uh, you know, first and not impact. We can do this without impacting current recipients of these benefits. But we aren't willing to have the honest discussion, unedited, on, on national television and on New York City radio. Um, too many Republicans, I mean, our, you know, your boss. Won't touch. Doesn't want to talk about Social Security. Our, our, our former favorite president. I know. You know our favorite former president. The president before him had a commission. Remember S mm -hmm. Simpson Bowles? Mm -hmm. It was he put put it on a shelf. Um, George W. Bush, after giving his his uh, State of the Union address after his first reelection, the first year of his reelection, came to Fargo, North Dakota, with a plan for Social Security, talking about reinvesting parts of it into different, you know tools, different private you know, markets or something. And of course, he got his head beaten in so badly it was the last time he ever talked about it. Nobody wants to deal with it. And I'm telling you, the president that's going to have to deal with it will be the person in the White House when we hit the cliff and go go off of it. And and, uh, and then, then what are they going to they're going to do? They're going to try to borrow more money, Larry. They're going to borrow yet more money. Of course they are. That's the modern way. That's the American way. <laughs> By the way, unbelievable. We're in 150 stations around the country. Did you know? Oh, that? I love it. You're I, I, well. I'm not surprised. As we, big a star as you, had, I'm surprised there aren't 1,500. We had to build it up. Uh, <laughs> took a couple of years, but anyway, uh, yeah. No, we'll wind up borrowing more money. I'm just saying. The other point that really um, I want to get to is this growth and prosperity. For example, right there you go. Th there's two things. Uh, number one. We need to aim at 4% growth or 35 to 4% growth. Sure. If you take those CBO baseline numbers and you superimpose mm -hmm. a 3.5% growth rate, everything looks better. Everything Great. looks much no better. Second point is we need to get the Trump tax cuts permanent. There and we go. need to re And we need to reopen the oil and gas spigots. Now, th these should be easy Republican things, but Senator... Kramer, they're not talking. Nikki Haley throws her hat into the ring, and the first thing she wants to do is impose some kind of mental test. I go, huh? Yeah, I I'm know. scratching I my know. head. Really, Nikki? Really? I know. I know her very well. That's not going to win. That's just a no. cheap shot. All that is, you know what I mean? That's just cheap shot stuff. 
at Biden, yeah. maybe at Trump. And the, the best example I know is my dear friend Arthur Laffer, who is 82 years old, who has more energy and brain power than all of them put together. And he's 82. <laughs> yeah, give, give me Art Laffer at 102 any day over a you know 40 year old genius. <laughs> let me I mean, take honestly. let me take a quick break. Senator Kevin Kramer of North Dakota, facile uh, on all these subjects. Why we love him. I'm Cudlow. We're just going to take a quick mini break, and we'll be right back. This is the Larry Cudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Cudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show, and we are here with the great Senator Kevin Kramer from the great state of North Dakota. You know, Senator Kramer, just to extend this a uh, little bit more, I'm I'm just mm-hmm. thinking that uh, look, the race hasn't the presidential race hasn't really shaped up yet. Trump is in, right. yes. Um, Haley's in. DeSantis undoubtedly is going to get in, but I think the person that comes up with a strong Bidenomics critique and a mm-hmm. prosperity growth plan, a plan. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that doesn't have to be just, you know, start talking about permanent tax cuts. Start talking yes. about, you know, reopening the fossil fuel spigots and regulations. Yes. and biz- In other words, talk turkey, talk about take-home pay after inflation. That person, it may be Trump, it may be DeSantis, it may be something, someone that we're not even thinking about. I've right. seen, we we both seen this before. I mean, that's what's on people's minds. People have had a rough year, Senator. They've had a they rough did. year, and they're not happy about it. No, and and this is the disconnect that that's that's so far you know not being taken advantage of. If, if I might use rough language, you you can take advantage of that vacuum and and do something good for the country and elevate yourself as the candidate mm-hmm. by speaking to the things that people are thinking about every day when they wake up and when they have breakfast with their families or when they look into their future and 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 it comes down to their personal economics. And again, I'm going to go back to a democratic. Um, a, a Democratic mm-hmm. presidential example, and that was Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. Bill Clinton's chances of becoming the Democratic nominee were almost zero at mm-hmm. the beginning, mm-hmm. much less to topple George Herbert Walker Bush, who earlier in that election year had a 90 percent approval rating. Mm-hmm. But what did he do? He spoke specifically to, the, to these issues. Now, he spoke from a liberal perspective, but at least he spoke to them. And, and again, it gets back to James Carville's it's, it's the economy stupid. And I don't know why we have to be retaught that lesson. Plus, it's, it, it's, the, it's, the, um, it's the wheelhouse of republicanism, if we really are honest right. about it. And, and this is what's happened in the modern Republican Party is this. Don't get me wrong. Again, I'm with you on all the social issues. They're not insignificant. I, I'm 100 percent pro-life. Mm. I want, I'm all those things. But you have to speak to the heart, particularly of the people in the swing states that, that are looking for that leader that steps up and, and you know, recognizes them, much like Donald Trump did, you know, six years ago. What uh, Kellyanne Conway and I were talking about this on the TV show last night, and mm. we went back to Trump gave – this was an important speech. Actually, he gave a series of – the Detroit Economics Club in August of 2016, and then the bigger one was the New York Economics Club in September 2016. This is a speech we all worked wow. very hard on. Yeah. I sat next to him when he gave the speech. Anyway, that was a major turning point. Uh, that He laid out the tax cuts, and he laid out the fact that the middle class would be the biggest beneficiary of the tax cuts. And then he talked about deregulation, and then he talked about a strong currency and so forth. 
That was a it was pro growth, pro prosperity, pro worker, hugely important. Now somebody needs to update that. That's what they need to do. They need to refit it and update it. I don't know that it's going to change that much, but I just know that they have to talk about it. I mean, right now, right now, we should be talking about tax cuts, tax cuts, grow the economy three and a half to four, not less than one. Well, to your point earlier, the, 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 in fact, I would submit to you that one of the reasons, one of the reasons we've gotten by with these extraordinary deficits lately, is because a big economy sort of disguises the problem. The, the problem is it, it only disguises it for a while before before it becomes, you know, before it collapses. And so you, you're exactly right. If somebody steps up and, and gives that speech again with some updates, mm-hmm. but remember, because of that speech and because Donald Trump had a Republican majority in the House. And the Senate. And, and while some of these personalities, as we look back on them, some people don't like so much, but you had a genius, you know, a wonk in, in as Speaker of the House and Paul Ryan, who actually understood tax policy and pro-growth policies. And you, you had a, a, you know, amenable Senate. It wasn't easy, as you recall. I mean, we had, it was hard to get that very last vote on the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. But we simplified the tax code. We, we stopped double taxing, you know, stranded in, uh, revenue that, that was in other countries of American mm-hmm. companies and repatriated that revenue. You talk about onshoring, that's the big topic today. Can we onshore more? Well, mm-hmm. sure we can, but we, and we ought to, especially um, some of our critical supply chains, but you can't tax them out of existence either. And part of the reasons companies go to other places is because of tax policy and regulatory right. policy. That's so, it. I want to, I have a plan. It. I have an onshoring plan. It's called slash taxes and regulations. There you go. And, and I have a second, and, and my backup plan is make energy cheaper. Well, that, that relates <laughs> How about to the that? plan. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It does, doesn't it? Yes, that's yeah, right. That's, that's, that's right. That's, but they're not saying that. See, that's the thing, Senator. They got to say that. that. They got to come out. You know what? It's so obvious, but it's not. They people have to it's hear not. them say it. Yep. Yeah, because otherwise they're just being frightened by the news of the day, and that's right. also political strategy, unfortunately. But it also demonstrates an, uh, a disrespect and a lack of confidence in the American people's ability to understand what you're talking about, and and that is a gross mistake that too many politicians make. I mean, I'd even submit to you, I'd go back to Donald Trump's immigration policies, which Republicans rejected and Democrats rejected, because he had a comprehensive inter- uh, immigration plan that had a, a skills-based immigration policy policy that you didn't have to increase the number of legal immigrants into the United States, which stopped the illegal immigrants, first of all, but then have a skills-based immigration policy so that just yesterday I'm here in Bismarck as at the North Dakota Petroleum Council with Ron Ness and, and legislative leaders mm-hmm. and, and folks talking about the fact that we have 40,000 job openings in North Dakota and nobody to do them, and no skilled labor to do them, and yet we're bringing in a couple million people illegally each mm-hmm. year, and we have a million people legally, most of whom, the vast majority of whom have, uh, you know, aren't aren't required to have a skill set or an education or anything that meets the demands of our economy. We've got to have an honest discussion about how we fill those workforce needs because you know what? If we onshore a lot more, Larry, and we ought to be, we're going to need people to do those jobs as well. Of course, we have to stop paying them to not work. That would be helpful. Well, yeah, yeah, but I'm look. I was proud of that plan we had. I worked on that. I, I thought it was great. Miller, Jared, great. a whole bunch of us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Brookie Rollins. I mean, none. That was a good plan. We couldn't get it off the ground because Democrats wouldn't let us. But right. uh, we we penciled in. I remember 
Uh, we cut a deal with the Steve Miller. Uh, I think it was one point <laughs> one one point one million legals per year, yep. which was uh, I think we arrived at that because that was the long term trend. The long, sure. the long, long term trend was about a million or a million one. We all agreed that, that was fine. We could absorb that, sure. and as you say. Yep. Uh, the demands for that, if you're going to onshore, probably go up. It's the illegals that were the problem, and That's the Democrats, right. uh, you know, they wouldn't play. What can I tell you? No, I, you're exactly right. And but just think of our just think of our asylum policies, Larry. Here we have a couple million people coming across the southern border claiming asylum, making a case for it. And the one, first thing we do is make sure we, we, we give them everything they need: health care, food, a ride to their favorite destination or resort in the United States. Now, and and, and we give them everything except a job. They're not allowed to work. I mean, oh, right. it's the craziest policy in the world. And yet we're guilty as much as anybody. I say we. Conservatives oftentimes we look and say, I will not tolerate that. And liberals look and say, well, I'm not going to tolerate that. And yet to get what America needs, we might have to each give a little bit. But 1.1 million immigrants, a year, legal immigrants a year with a higher percentage of them, maybe 60, 70 percent, which is what Europe and Canada do, mm-hmm. that required to have a skill set that is in demand in our economy. We could rock and roll to a level that um, we could balance our budget, have less need for government. The only thing government would need to do then is secure our borders, uh, you know, keep up, keep the free world safe, mm-hmm. and probably build some infrastructure to to meet the demands of all the goods and services we're going to produce. That now, now I, I, well, let's do that. I'm I'm for it. I'm you know I almost forgot to ask. I, I've given up hope. Yeah. Um, I remember. <laughs> Never give up. We used to have uh, we used to have a discussion about the permitting bill. <laughs> Joe mentioned yeah. Per- yeah. What, in the last uh, 45 seconds, yeah. Senator, is there anything yeah. in the Senate going on there with the permitting bill? Sure. So here's what's going on in the Senate on the permitting bill. And I talked to Joe about this a lot. Mm. And that is we're waiting for the House. So Joe has Joe Manchin and, and I have both uh, talked to House leadership, mm-hmm. Kathy McMorris Rogers, who mm-hmm. chairs the Energy and Commerce Committee and others. Come up with a plan that you guys can pass. Mm-hmm. Get it over to the Senate, and then we'll put our fingerprints on it and see if we can't work with wow. that to find something that both sides will vote on. All right. Kathy McMorris Rogers, good, good lady. All right, Senator She's Kevin Kramer, thank you ever so much for your time on the weekend. We really appreciate it. Folks, we're going to take a quick oh, break. Must. And then uh, John and Margot Katsimatidis. John has a new book out, and it's going to be a bestseller. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 